0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Blaze Experience. You're joining us for episode number 37 today. And today we're back to talk more State of Decay because it's State of Decay Saturday. Today's episode is actually going to be solo daybreak tips. We already covered the multiplayer tips in a previous episode with Maris, and today will be solo daybreak tips. But before we get into that, just a couple of quick notes at the top of the podcast. Our next stream will be on Tuesday from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Time. So tune into that. And then our next podcast for Wednesday will be on the Sea of Thieves new DLC called Forsaken Shores that was supposed to release this past week, but they actually pushed their DLC release date back. So I obviously couldn't talk about it since it wasn't out. So as long as they release it on time, then it will be out next Wednesday. But those are the couple of notes we had at the top of the podcast. But without further ado, we have a guest today. Our special guest was actually featured on the Undead Labs stream this week, and he is a bit of a solo expert. Please welcome Mr. Dark to the broadcast.
1: Hi, Blaze. Thanks very much for inviting me today. Um,
0: I wouldn't necessarily say I'm much of a solo expert. I'm just saying uh, I've played too much of the game, probably. Well, I would think you're a solo expert. I mean, you are the only person I know of that is solo melee, so uh, that is an accomplishment. <laughs>
1: yeah i think that's just uh, okay right I'll, I'll leave it at that one but uh yeah it's, that was a lot of grinding and just uh, being patient i think more than anything but thank you
0: <laughs> you're welcome i mean you know we'll kind of get into it um uh, more throughout the episode but personally i'm definitely way behind you in solo i still have not actually solo daybreaked at all i've gotten to wave seven but i can't actually finish it yet so I'm i'm getting there <laughs>
1: Well, we'll probably talk about this, about this a bit later on, but definitely there is a difference between playing Xbox, which you, you do yourself, and uh, playing PC, which I do, and obviously. it's I've tried it on Xbox as well, because the game is cross-platform, which is fantastic. Uh, however, it is a lot more difficult on Xbox. Um, with the PC, you do have that ability to aim a lot quicker. Uh, and therefore solo can as far as i'm aware solo is a lot easier on the pc you'll get there mate you'll get there
0: that is true and you know maybe you know someone i don't but now that i think about it most of the people i know that have soloed it are playing on pc i'm not sure if anyone uh, has soloed an xbox yet so Uh,
1: there is a couple of people that have soloed on xbox but i think as i say it it all comes down to uh, perseverance going going through the tips that we're going to go through here and then um just obviously evolving which when we go and play, um, like you mentioned last week with the multiplayer with Maris, it's like you, my uh, you, me, and Maris uh, uh, have been undefeated in a, a trio gameplay. I mean, both of, there's two of us that play on PC and you play on Xbox. But actually, if you look at the, the stats and if you actually analyzed it, I would say we're all quite on an even par
0: with regards to our playing ability and style. Very true. I would definitely say that. And we are still undefeated and hopefully we can keep that up. Exactly. And I agree that I will get there at some point. Just I think I need to practice it more. I mean, I think in total I've only tried about eight times now, so I haven't tried a ton. So I think, you know, eight tries is not that bad. I haven't beat a solo maybe. but
1: <laughs> No, exactly. Exactly. It, it, again, it is, you're waiting for other people to either exploit a certain loophole or find a way of dealing with a certain scenario that you may have not dealt with yourself and then you can use that to get yourself to that solo level the fact that you got to wave seven just shows that you are pretty much there already wave seven i personally think is one of the easier waves because you're not having to deal with the pure amount of zombies it's just uh the juggernauts and, right it's just a bunch um, of juggernauts and ferals Exactly. And there must have been something when you got to wave seven, there must have been something from previous waves that have possibly pushed you back a bit further. Maybe like you lost a a wall or maybe the technician was actually damaged a little bit and you haven't been able to uh, heal him up between waves. Um, I haven't seen your wave seven, but the fact you've got to wave seven definitely means that you'll definitely get that solo daybreak in a a matter of attempts.
0: Yeah, I think what actually happened is I got to wave seven, but I had a wall down still and I ran out of wall kits, so I couldn't repair the wall. So that's a big problem. So (laughs) that does something there. (laughs) But yeah, um, do you want to get into a little bit about your streaming? Because uh, for anyone didn't know, you are a Twitch streamer and you're a very good streamer. And I would definitely recommend anyone check him out. So he is a very professional streamer. Mr. Dart does a great job and he talks to his chat all the time. And I would definitely recommend anyone check him out. But do you want to talk a little bit about how you stream or some of the games you play?
1: Yeah, of course. I can talk about uh, about a bit about myself. Um my name's been mentioned, you know you know I'm a Twitch streamer. Um I, I have always been into gaming. Um since I was young, playing through Commodore 64, Sega Mega Drives, Genesis, up through um Dreamcast, then onto Xbox when it came out. Um I've always been interested in watching other people play games. Now I've enjoyed playing games myself, but I've never been as good as say my brother's Who had the consoles, and I loved sitting there and watching them play games. Um, And when I came around to being able to actually play a game myself, I realized that it's quite lonely in my current situation uh, just playing on my own. And so I thought, do you know what? Other people, I enjoyed watching games, so other people might enjoy watching me. So I decided, okay, let's just get Twitch up. I'm just going to have a bit of fun. Uh, And I do pride myself in trying to be better or trying to best myself, I, I don't see it as a competitive a competition as tool, it's more I enjoy playing games and I know that other people will enjoy watching me play games and that's why I do the streaming. The fact that people come in and talk is lovely and I love to interact with people. Uh, you'll notice from some of my streams that I, I I can talk constantly for hours and hours if I need to. I mean, that comes from my background. I'm an air traffic controller, so I have to talk to the air crew. Sometimes I have to overstep them if they're, a bit, if they're not doing the right things. Uh, and I also have that instructional background as well. Um, which means that I can keep describing things for a lengthy period of time to make sure that in the instance of the instructing, the student is listening and gets the point across to them. And so hopefully that comes across in my streams and I really, really enjoy teaching people. That's to the other side of the things, which I think does help with streaming. You've got to be not just an entertainer with regards to how well you play the game. You've got to be an entertainer in how well you describe the game, how you interact with your chat, how you are passing on your knowledge to chat. And I feel that I I do have that ability. And I really enjoy doing it, which hopefully it comes out in the passion in my streams.
0: It definitely does. Honestly, you seem very passionate, You're, you're definitely very knowledgeable. And like you said, I've seen you a lot of times in stream trying to teach people things. And that's exactly what you have to do. I mean, if anyone out there, you know, is wanting to think about becoming a streamer, those are the kind of things you want to do. Because if somebody goes into your stream, and they see you playing well, they might stick around for a little while. But if you're not talking to them, then they're probably gonna go on to the next guy.
1: Exactly. Uh, And that's one thing that I I do try and get involved with my stream as well is if you are interested in streaming, you are a new streamer, come and have a chat with me and come and join my Discord and I will help you out with whatever you need to do, whether that's talking about your overlays, whether that's talking about the way you need to present yourself, how you do deal with social media, how you interact with your chat. I'm currently in the process of actually writing up a small, well, it probably won't be small in the end, but a, a little walkthrough of how to start up streaming, how to think about what you need to do with regards to streaming, your intelligence coming across the audience. Do you need a webcam? Do you need overlays? That sort of thing. Um, So hopefully it will come across and be useful for people. It's nowhere near complete, but I will let you know when it's done and maybe we might do another podcast on it.
0: Yeah, definitely. That sounds like a lot of fun. And I know a lot of that stuff you're talking about. I don't even have myself yet because for me personally, streaming is just something that I enjoy doing on the side. I mean, this podcast is what my passion more so is. So like, for example, having a camera, I don't even have a camera, so people can't see me on the stream. Because I don't have a camera hooked up, so I don't have that yet. But.
1: Yeah, and uh, some people, uh, some people don't want to be seen as well. They're quite shy behind the camera, and also is uh, for some people a protective bank- blanket, especially when you have to deal with certain trolls on on streams. And unfortunately, it does happen, but. If you're a confident individual or you can use that confidence behind a screen and the fact that they can't come and get you, they can't get you, uh, they can't deal you any damage, then streaming is not going to be a problem. Now, I'm not I'm not saying that people do have to use webcams at all, but they are there and people feel a m- more of a relatable uh, link to you because they can actually see you and see you reacting, which is quite nice. A per-
0: more personal touch. But that's not what we're here to talk about anyway. Exactly. But that's definitely some great tips there. And I know that you are obviously a big State of Decay player, which is why you're here. I know you've also played uh, Frostpunk. If anyone wants to watch you play Frostpunk, are there any other games people can see you play real quick?
1: Yeah, so I am absolutely infatuated with the zombie apocalypse genre. So I love anything zombies, uh, anything can come back from just pictures of it. It can come back to the stories of it. It can be series. It can be films. Uh, My favorite film is Dawn of the Dead, the remake. Uh, But I still love the old George A. Romero films and it's just I can't get enough of it. I think it's in some parts hilarious, but in other parts I feel it could actually happen. I think one of the scariest films about zombies or um, reanimation is World War Z. What a fantastic movie, but it's scary because imagine... Someone being a, a body that is ill, or sorry, a body is infected and it's able to run at super speed towards you. Not just the standard crawling zombies that you expect in Resident Evil or in um uh in State of Decay, but these guys are actually able to race at you at a, a ridiculous speeds, and that scares me. And it feels oh, this could actually happen in the future. But moving on to that, I love the fact that in gaming they've brought this genre in as well, and that what State of Decay have done, what Undead Labs have done with State of Decay, sorry is the fact they brought in base management, they brought in resource management, which again are two of my favorite genres coming into gaming. I love to think, I love a game that makes you think and makes you have to decide which direction you're going. Now, Frostpunk is very uh, strict with that with that mindset in the fact that you have to decide which way do I go? I've got to make a decision with the research. State of the game, not so much, but you still have that choice of base management. You still have that choice of what resources do I spend? And, um, do I use my ammunition? Do I go for a melee weapon and actually uh, damage it? Um, I've got to go to this house where there is materials, but I've also got to go to this house where there's ammo. But I can only carry one backpack. Which do I take? Um, which enclave do I take? Do I take um, the medics or do I take the uh, the still with the alcohol with the alcoholics? There's a choice there for you. Uh, and that moves me on to what other games that I do play. I love, in, uh, as I said, base management, resource management. So you've got Factory, you've got Frostpunk, you've got, I've just started They Are Billions, which again is a zombie related game, but base management, resor- um, not to say resource management, there's a little bit in there, but that's not just all of me. I, I'm a very much a variety streamer. Um, and as of tomorrow, let's see, it. We um, so on the Friday, uh, just before this gets released, um, I'm going to start playing Forza Horizon 4 uh i'm absolutely in love with the forza series um i've got an xbox love the racing side of things and that comes from playing with my little brother who again loves it as well we play loads and loads of forza um i play that i love the call of duty franchise as well so i'm not massively into first person shooters but the call of duty franchise i have put my hand at PUBG at fortnite not especially that great at it i am getting better and obviously daybreak has helped me out a lot with that but um yeah I do a lot of variety streaming, and they're the main ones that I'm uh, I'm going to be playing at the moment. Obviously, big releases coming out in the future that I will also be trying to get onto the channel.
0: And there you go, that's a lot of variety there, so people can check that out. And I uh, know of Forza, for example, I'm actually going to cover that for at least one episode on the podcast, so that will be something that you know people can look forward to hearing here as well. That'll probably be you know the week after it releases, I'll cover that for at least one episode, so that'll be something to look forward to. But you were mentioning with State of Decay some of the differences there, and I really like how you're mentioning that, because a lot of zombie games, I feel like the point of the zombie game is, okay, here's a machine gun, you know, go have fun. like, And that's all the game is just, you know, here's a machine gun, go shoot some zombies. And there's no actual other elements to it. Like City of Decay has those other elements where there's base management, there's decisions, you know, there's enclaves you can talk to, there's different leader types you can choose. A lot of zombie games, like you mentioned Call of Duty, for example, if you're playing Call of Duty Zombies, I mean, there's a little bit of other things to it, but more or less, if you're playing Call of Duty Zombies, it's just, here's a gun, go shoot something.
1: Exactly. Uh, most zombie-generated games, I think that's a word, um, <laughs> it are very much based on the survival instinct. Resident Evil, you're trying to follow a storyline of, of um, as a detective, you're trying to actually build this case up. However, uh, you are trying to survive. Um, you go down Call of Duty Zombies, as you said. It's, again, a wave defense zombie survival game yes daybreak's come out exactly the same it is zombie wave defense but it's come out as a different direction for state of decay to give a a different element uh, and to to increase the difficulty of the game in total Um, which again something we've covered in multiplayer something we can cover a bit later on and the main game of state of decay is fascinating because it's not just survival it's the survival side of state of decay is relatively simple and is for a a better word to use easy because the zombies aren't moving fast they're quite spread out you do have the odd horde the hordes are getting bigger they are getting stronger however it's nothing along the lines of um a wave of zombies attacking you like you find in call of duty that you can find in the upcoming world war z um and then adding that extra in that extra element of base management what do i build do i build an infirmary do i build the workshop do i build beds Am I going to keep the morale up happy? Am I going to have to build a lounge? Am I going to build a trade outpost? There's lots and lots of different ways that you can go. And you can. And the fact is, it's not too complicated as well. The game is designed to be both PC and Xbox based. So there is that that simplification. So on PC, yes, you can have more key binds, but it's designed to be played on Xbox as well because you want that cross-playability for multiplayer, which is, again, another thing that's been brought into State of Decay 2. And it's fantastic. It's bringing people together, and that's what I like about the uh, like, like about the whole series of State of Decay. Is it evolved and Undead Labs have thought the developers, the designers, um, like Jeffrey, like Brant and everybody have they thought about what do the people want from State of Decay two? And they've done an excellent job. Yes, there's a lot of people out there who are watching State of Decay one and want State of Decay two to be like State of Decay one with the storyline increased and and all this to come out with the likes of. Um, uh, lifeline and um the other dlc which i've forgotten right now off the top of my head but it's not going to be like breakdown. That. It's a d- breakdown that's the one thank you um it's a different game it is a different game and but the i personally feel it's evolved and it is absolutely brilliant uh, if anybody's listened to this podcast and hasn't downloaded state of decay yet what are you doing go and download <laughs> this game this game is amazing Very true. it's it's zombie it's resources it's base management it's multiplayer and now we've got Daybreak, it's wave defense. It's fantastic. When people say, oh, but it gets boring after a period of time, then that person, I'm sorry, has no um, imagination and ability to push themselves. They just want to complete the game. They want to get the achievements, that's it, done. Game out the window. No, no, no. Get in that game and push yourself. Go, how can I beat this game and make it harder for myself? Let's get rid of any uh, Any ranged weapon let's you only use melee weapons like get rid of melee weapons as well let's go cqc the whole time all right that's too easy right let's get rid of stamina let's use only use only one person let's not have a backpack let's not use vehicles there are so many different combinations that you can do to make the game interesting and there is an infinite amount of game playability
0: with state of decay and daybreak that is no exactly and like that no backpack one you mentioned. I know a Surreal Scotsman tried that, and that's just crazy. I mean, I don't even want to try that. Like, no backpack? I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> his his playthrough was crazy. No cars, no backpacks, and
1: no gun. Wow. I mean, he did it amazing. It's just a lot of running and a lot of switching out characters. But my God, that man, he did it. He did really well.
0: But not only just challenges like that, too. There's other things as well. Like, say even... Just trying out all the bases, you could do one playthrough at each base and, you know, achieve the legacy with each base. And that could be something you could try. You don't even have to make it more challenging. For yourself, if you don't want to, you could actually just try different things or the new red talent characters, there's ten different skill sets you can try and recruit all those red talent people into your base and have a whole red talent community. So there's different things you can try. There's different traits you can try to get. So there's other things that you can actually try and experience. So it doesn't always have to be about the challenges itself. It can be about other experiences you haven't had yet. Oh, maybe I haven't talked to this enclave yet. Maybe I can go talk to this enclave and see what they offer me.
1: Very true. Very true. And I mean, I still haven't explored. I've I've got I think I, last time I looked, I had over 300 hours of gameplay, gameplay in State of Decay, and that was about a week and a half, two weeks ago. So God knows how many hours I've got now. But the I still haven't been to every single base. I'm currently in more and more at the moment, and there's still Lock and Key and stuff like that on Cascade Hills. I still haven't been to. I like to. Lock and Key a lot. It is, it, I know I'm aware of it, and it is really it is a really good base to use, but... I, that's the thing I haven't been to it in the office I haven't been to the corner office I mean there's so there's, there's at least two bases that I haven't been to on Cascade Hills um, there's at least three bases I haven't been to on uh, Miga Valley and at least three bases I haven't been to on Druka County my plan is to go and be in every single one eventually and actually see which one is the best for what I want um, at the moment all I'm doing is a red talent playthrough I'm still looking for all those traits it's, it's for me there's the collectible side as well which you we haven't even spoken about I mean there are so many people out there as well that just want to collect things, collect all the weapons. They want to collect all the guns. They want to collect all the cars. Or facility miles like me. <laughs>
0: exactly. And that that's what makes the game infinitely wonderful and expandable. Exactly. And one other thing to touch on before we get into the solo daybreak tips, you did mention how the game is fairly simple in some ways. But I think what's really cool about State of Decay as well is it kind of lulls you into a false sense of security sometimes because there's runs where like I go out, you know, all cocky. Oh, the play card. I can take out two play cards. They're right next to each other. Yeah, sure. Why not? And I go out there all cocky and I'm like, oh, wow, I almost died. <laughs> so
1: Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Um, that I keep saying on my stream that two of the hardest missions that I've come across are um, Freaking House, which is a feral in the house and then that they call in more more zombies and screamers and whatnot and then the other one is um i can't remember the name of it but it pops up now and then local disturbance that's the one and, and you've got to grab that one at a very quick notice because if you drive out the area then you can't go and do it but they can catch you out so quickly like i've done so many of those missions but when you turn up and there's a feral that's attacking one of the guys that you know you've got to save and you go and do that, then another the feral turns up from another dire- direction. If you're not watching the minimap, if you're not looking out for those screamers coming in, you can get mobbed so quickly. And I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but let's just say, if you've got the Clio relay from the Clio core of the new um, uh, large fa- uh, facility that's available from Daybreak for the Red Talon lot, and you activate that, you better be ready because
0: that can catch you out. Yeah, we'll be getting into that in a future podcast. I haven't gotten to that so much yet but that'll be something we spoil in the future podcast so stay tuned for that (laughs) but um yeah like kind of like you were saying one of the times i was streaming and i made a stupid mistake and i went to attack a play cart with a character i just recruited you know this character wasn't leveled at all so i just recruited this character i went to attack a play cart and i didn't bring snacks and and that was a horrible (laughs) that was a horrible move on my part i just wasn't thinking of it because most of my characters usually have snacks on them already but this is yeah, a guy I just recruited, so I still made it out alive. But like, I'm like thinking in my head, "Oh man, that was such a dumb idea. Like, why did I do this?"
1: <laughs> it, it is. It's so simple to get caught out as well. I started the playthrough of Safe Decay, and I would make sure that every character had nothing on them. So every time that I took the character, I knew I had to go to the out to the locker and pick up meds, stamina, um, weapons, and then I was ready to go. Then partly way through my long playthrough, I switched it so that every character had meds, stamina, and a gun on them. And then when I started switching across the characters, they didn't have anything. I was thinking, oh, no, I've forgotten to actually put stamina on them or, or meds or something like that. And it caught me out a couple of times, just as you said.
0: Exactly. And that's the cool thing about State of Decay is even if you play it, you know, for hours upon hours, there's still those moments like that that can really catch you off guard and make you think, Oh, wow. Like, I should know better. I played this game for hours. Like, why did I do this move? <laughs> There's still decisions you can make like that that catch you off guard. To err is
1: to human. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> it makes it real that way. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, that's a little bit about, you know, Mr. Darth's thoughts on the game itself. I- I'm sure everyone, you know, listening has already heard a lot about my thoughts, but um, now we can kind of get into some solo daybreak tips. As I said, Mr. Dart is the only person, to my knowledge, that has meleeed solo. So, that you know, big props to you for that. And I think you're the perfect person to talk about some solo daybreak because you've done a lot of solo daybreaks yourself. Excellent. Thank you
1: very much. Let's get to it then.
0: So, we're going to go through 15 different tips here and we're just going to talk through them and give our thoughts on them. So, our first tip here is to use your minefields wisely to protect yourself. So, basically, what we mean by this one is you want to use minefields in multiplayer as well. But especially in solo, your minefields are kind of like your last line of defense. So especially behind the walls, you want to have a minefield out there. And then the later ways, you want to have some minefields out front to kind of slow down the zombies that are coming in. That way it kind of cuts your work in half for you.
1: Exactly right. Exactly right. Um, what well, my initial setup is always going to be the blast rifle, which we'll cover a bit later on, the battle axe. Uh, again, which we'll carry uh, cover a bit later on, and then the minefields. Not the pyro minefields, the normal deployable minefields. And I will yes. always set at least one on uh, one on the inside of the walls because as just as you said, if I see a feral coming through on the minimap and I don't have a chance to turn around and, uh, and shoot it before it gets over the wall, I know that I've at least got a high probability he's going to hit one of the mines on the inside and not cause damage to the um, technician. However, if... He does manage to get through because of the way that the AI uh, tracking system works and the fact that the minefields are random the RNG might not have actually put a mine in the direct line of where he jumps over the wall and goes towards the technician then I still have the opportunity to swing around and shoot him at least try and knock him onto another mine if not kill him with the shot. Going on to the minefields that you spoke about later on in the waves if you don't get minefields if you have not unlocked them in daybreak after wave five you do receive uh, the clear drops you will receive some minefields in there uh, you also receive some after wave six as well ready for wave seven and at this point after wave five you will be in quite a difficult position because after wave five you've had to dealt with a juggernaut and a load of armored zombies I mean this is I'm just talking at the end of wave five not the entire wave five and you're going to probably have some walls down the technician may be injured as well and you've still got to get out there and go and get those clear drops now, the, the best thing to do, we'll talk about this a bit later on, is after you've dealt with your admin between waves, is going out there, getting the clear drops, and then setting two minefields up, one on either side. So you've got the main, and en- what I call the main entrances. There's like a boulder in the middle of the map that you're facing out of your out of your base. And you can set one up on the uh, left-hand side, one up on the right-hand side. This will give you chance... And it will, it will slow down the zombies at the very beginning to jump back over, do any wall repairs, healing technicians that you haven't done already, and then get back on the other side. It will at least reduce the number of zombies coming at you. You need to do this for both wave 6 and wave 7. Um, if that you have set up the mines and you have done all your admin, so all the walls are fixed, all the technicians are healed, you can actually use these minefields to your advantage with the juggernauts that come through and the ferals. The ferals will hit these first before they go inside. If you can start killing off the zombies and the armored zombies before they even get close to the minefields and don't destroy them, you can use the minefields to actually knock down the juggernauts quicker. So a juggernaut will hit two minefields, and they will probably take one or two shots from a blast rifle to actually put down on his ground, put down on the ground, and that's a benefit to you because the quicker you take down those big guys, gives you more time to take out the little guys and the bloaters that are going to come at you later on. And it just allows you to have that wall protected for a longer period of time and give you a higher chance of survival throughout the entire wave.
0: Absolutely. And I, I definitely agree with all the stuff you said right there. So there's nothing, you know, to disagree with there. But one little thing to add I will say is um, the minefield that you're going to place behind the walls early on, if, you know, something goes wrong in the early waves and a lot of those mines blow up, definitely make sure you replace that minefield because that minefield is very important to you. So, you know, don't like say a wall goes down in wave four, and you lose all the mines you have there. Don't forget to replace that minefield because that minefield is going to be important for you in lit waves.
1: Exactly, exactly. That is probably your primary concern is that minefield inside. If you end up only having one minefield to go outside, it's not great, but it's better than nothing. Go and put it on one side. Go and defend the other side. Um, and then when the other when the minefields are all gone, you can see zombies are starting to get through to the wall. That's when you can start sort of moving between the two sides and actually switching out uh, between which side you defend from definitely and
0: if there's only one side i would probably recommend the left side personally because a lot more bloaters seem to spawn on that side so
1: yes yeah we were talking about this earlier um left side does seem to be the more zombie
0: intense side yeah so if you only have one minefield that's probably the side you want to place it but you did mention this a little bit earlier um our next tip is to either use the blast rifle or the heavy sniper rifle i know you are partial to the blast rifle i like both i mean For Solo, I have tried the Heavy Sniper a couple times, and I did make it pretty deep in Solo with the Heavy Sniper. The benefit of the Heavy Sniper is obviously that it takes down Juggernauts a lot faster, but the downside of it is it basically only has four bullets because it shoots two bullets at a time, so you can't shoot a lot of zombies with it, and that's the downside. So it kind of depends on your preference of do you want to take down the Juggernauts really fast or do you want to have more shots?
1: Exactly. Uh, You've hit the nail on the head there. The heavy sniper is absolutely fantastic for penetration. Um, you can take down armored zombies with one shot. Even if you shoot them in the chest, it's going to kill them. Uh, you can take down juggernauts with the the four shots that you get from it. You can also take down two juggernauts. We haven't I haven't seen it yet. It was given in the undead lab stream where it can penetrate three juggernauts in one shot. I have not yet. I have yet to see it in an actual live gameplay. I've seen it done with two. I managed to get two juggernauts kneeling with the the four shots that I have from a uh, heavy sniper. But that's the one downside that I really don't like about the heavy sniper is the reloading of it so often after only four shots. Right. Because if you watch my gameplay, I do use a lot of the blast rifle, or I do shoot a lot more than I do melee. I obviously I can I can melee my way through if I need to, but I prefer to to shoot because I've got plenty of ammunition to go the whole way through. Um, that saying, the battle uh, sorry the blast rifle is again a superb weapon. It's like a overpowered shotgun. It fires the round out at the end. The round turns into four buzz saws that fly through the air and have the chance to either decapitate or dismember the zombie. Sometimes you'll take off all four limbs and leave the zombie lying on the ground with no arms or legs and he's not going to cause you any problem. Um, but again, as you say, it's all down to preference there. I personally feel that the blast rifle will be able to get you through all the waves relatively quickly, whereas the heavy sniper will take a little bit longer for the, fir- for the initial waves. However, it will take out the juggernaut's in very short space of time which may if someone's having trouble with the um, juggernauts then it's definitely the rifle that you want to go for however just pushing on a bit further from that any of the cleo weapons are very useful to use throughout the entire game when you start unlocking them i suggest you use them the cleo pistol yes only has eight rounds but actually it's more powerful than the 7.62 as long as you have enough ammunition you can take down a juggernaut quicker than 7.62 my personal preference would be, though, still with a st- still with, uh, stick with the 7.62 because you have more rounds in the chamber and you don't right. have to reload as often. Um, then moving on, you've got the batter rifle. Again, a very, very useful um, clear weapon to use. SMG basically absorbs a lot of ammunition. Again, with a shotgun, shotgun can take down um, the armored zombies pretty quickly that's saying the assault shotguns even better for taking down the jugs but again it eats through the clear ammunition very quickly and then you've also got the, uh, the sharpshooter as well which is a more accurate version of the battle uh, the battle rifle and that brings me on to the point about the battle uh, sorry the sharpshooter and the heavy sniper is the fact that they are extremely accurate weapons if you can't aim accurately then you are going to waste ammunition with those guns because they have smaller capacity magazines and they're very accurate if you aren't as accurate or you don't want to be as accurate they'd definitely go for the battle rifle or the blast rifle
0: right and i will say um for those cleo weapons the one i definitely wouldn't recommend though is probably the machine pistol because that eats ammo way too fast so yes definitely i'm very inaccurate yeah so do not use the machine pistol that's not going to help you at all (laughs) but getting back to the heavy sniper and the blast rifle one you know last comment on those i think this could be a situation where if you're on xbox or pc it could differ in that situation because for me I'm on Xbox and when you're on PC you're going to be able to swing around and you know make your shots a lot faster than you are on Xbox so for me on Xbox you know with the heavy sniper I can make less shots in the same amount of time that a PC player can probably make so I like to do more damage in those shots so that might be something to consider you know if you are Xbox player, you might want to try the heavy sniper just because you're not going to be able to shoot as many shots off as fast.
1: That's something that I have noticed actually, the difference between Xbox players and PC players. PC players do seem to shoot a lot more, whereas Xbox players seem to do the melee a bit more. I think it comes down just to the controllability, where the controls are, and actually the reactions, uh, the, the reaction speed to being able to swing around and actually shoot on the Xbox.
0: Right. So, you know, definitely if you're an Xbox player and you want to use the blaster, like go for it. I mean, it's a great weapon. I'm just saying that. You know, if you're having trouble with that still, you might want to try the Heavy Sniper because if you're able to get less shots off, then the Heavy Sniper will make those shots count better. But moving on, our next tip is to use the Battle Axe or a low stamina cost melee weapon. The Battle Axe is the last weapon you unlock. So if you don't have that one, then personally, I would recommend the Cleo Hand Axe, which, you know, is a pretty good damage weapon and it doesn't use a lot of stamina. What I would not recommend, especially in solo, is something like the Great Hammer because this uses a ton of stamina, and you don't want to use a ton of stamina when you're solo because you don't have anyone else to back you up. You're all by yourself.
1: Yeah, I fully agree here. Um, the Battle Axe is absolutely brilliant. Um, this was something that was brought up in the Underlab Lab stream uh, that I was invited to, and we were talking about the high stamina use weapon, so the Long Blade or the Great Hammer, as you discussed there. And the difference is is when you're using the battle axe against the hand axe both of them have relatively low ease of use uh, sorry uh, relatively high ease of use which means that they're using less stamina which is fantastic but the battle axe has a high lethality so therefore it will be able to do, to kill off the zong- uh, zombies quicker um, what we're talking about here is not we're not talking about normal zombies because at the pretty much the high rounds you are one-shotting most of them with whatever weapon you use It's coming down to ferals, it's coming down to juggernauts when you've run out of ammunition, it's coming down to taking the armored zombies out. So, the battle axe is one of the better ones because the dismemberment, the uh, lethality is a lot higher than the hand axe. If you want to use the long blade, then go for it because it does have the highest dismemberment and the highest lethality in the game. However, as we stated, it does have a very high stamina usage. Um, And this is also the same with um, the great hammer. Again, very big lethality but high stamina usage Um, you have got an ability to combat this which is you're not using that often don't run don't go sprinting around just jog everywhere and then do a quick flying strike attack take a zombie out and then walk off somewhere else and or possibly dodge out the scenario if you run out of stamina, you've obviously got your stacks, snacks and your stims, and we will talk about this a little bit later. But there's also the other option in the early ways, if you're going to use those high stamina draining weapons, is using the crouch. Not just hold, pressing C, because you go into sort of a, a standard sneak crouch. Um, I'm talking about uh, PC when I'm saying pressing C. I can't remember what the key code is for and yeah, Xbox B. Um, but actually holding it, so holding C on PC or holding B on Xbox, you actually go into an extremely low crouch. There's two levels of the crouch, and when you get into the bottom one, you get your stamina back extremely quickly.
0: Right, and that's definitely a good tip, and that's not one I actually use a lot myself, so maybe that's something I can try more in solo just to get my stamina back faster, but um, especially if you're using those high-cost stamina weapons, then that is definitely a great tip for that. Personally, I just avoid them altogether because... Like, in the base game, it's fine, but in the Daybreak mode, I mean, so many zombies come at you so fast, and I don't want my stamina to be drained. So, personally, I don't use the high-cost stamina weapons at all. I just stick with the battle axe every time. But moving on to our next tip, this is one that I know you are definitely big on as well. You have to pay attention to your minimap, especially in Solo, because in Solo, you have no one else to watch your back at all. I mean, technically, you have the NPCs, but the NPCs aren't going to, you know have as much intelligence as actual human will. So these NPCs won't be able to help you out and call out, oh hey, there's a juggernaut coming. They're not gonna do that for you. So you have to pay attention to your mini map and know, okay, on my mini map on the right hand side I have a juggernaut coming, left hand side I have a bloater. That way you can spin around really quick and hit that bloater before it comes towards you.
1: Yeah. You've hit the nail on the head again. When you're doing a solo run, AI is not going to talk to you. It's really important you're looking at the uh, minimap as you state. Look at where there's. You listen. You'll hear the sounds of of the freaks when they turn up. So you'll hear the scream of a feral before he turns up. You'll hear the yell of a juggernaut before, before he turns up. The only ones you're not going to see or hear about is the bloaters. They're going to turn up. They they pretty much are. They come down the same sort of routes either on the left, either on the right, or either in the middle. And you'll see them turning up on the on the minimap straight away. Um, and we'll talk about that a bit later on, but they're the three, the three freaks are the ones that you're really going to have to concentrate on with regards to the minimap. Um, the ferals especially, because they can come at you very, very quickly. When it comes down to the other side of things when coming looking at your minimap is when you're shooting at a juggernaut, usually quite, for me, I focus. I aim down sight and I focus. And if I'm shooting long distance as well, I'm having to zoom in. I'm very much focused on making sure I get those headshots. The problem is, is that that does take my attention away from the mini-map. And sometimes I do get grappled by uh, a zombie. And that means that I've I've let my let my guard down. I haven't looked at the, uh, the map too often. And you really do have to check on your map all the time. Make sure you see where the zombies are che- uh, sneaking up on you. Make sure you hit that dodge just as they get on top of you. And um, get out of that situation. Another tip as well that I've only just started to realise talking about the minimap as well is if you are distracted and you are focusing a shot that you can't necessarily dodge all the time listen use your use your headphones listen intently because you can hear when the zombie is going to uh, gun to grapple you you can hear when he's getting really close behind you and you can actually use this to your advantage you hear the noise getting louder all right quick check the minimap right dodge out the way shoot again um and it is re- so minimap is really really important also another little tip is when you're riding a Juggernaut, when you're doing the final um, assassination or finishing move on him, watch your minimap as well. Your minimap will grow because it's based off the height of the person, or I I believe it's based off the height of the character. So as you get higher, you can see further across the minimap, or else it's a little bug that Undead Labs haven't seen. But your minimap will actually grow and expand very quickly because you're riding him and going up and down in elevation. And you can actually see a little bit further uh, along your minimap. Um, So that's a little tip for you guys as well.
0: That's actually something I didn't notice myself either. So that's the tip that I didn't know. Thank you. (laughs) I didn't know that expands like that. That's cool. But yeah, like you said, I mean, that's definitely important to, you know, check the mini map. And it's really important to make sure you look out for all those things. One of the main things that you pointed out is getting grappled. And I want to say that, you know, in solo getting grappled is even worse because if you're a multiplayer getting grappled, you know, if Mr. Dart's grappled, I can go over and shoot that zombie off of him, or I can cover his side for a little bit. If you're solo and you're getting grappled, not only are you taking damage from that guy that's grappling you, all the waves of zombies are coming in and nothing is happening to stop them. So you really want to try not to get grappled as much as possible. Agreed. But along those lines, our next tip is actually along, you know, right in line with that. Our next tip is to dodge and shoot as much as possible, and this is something that... Uh, I've seen you do on stream a lot and I think you've been very effective with I think I'm getting a little bit more effective with it myself it's a little bit harder to master on Xbox but I I think I'm getting decent at it and what we mean by this is when you're say taking on a juggernaut for example you want to shoot the juggernaut do a quick dodge shoot him again that way you can keep shooting that juggernaut keep focusing on that juggernaut but the other zombies won't get you so you want to keep dodging out of the way. And keep focusing your shots.
1: Yeah, you have again um, hit the nail on the head. Um, when the juggernauts arrive, you're generally being mobbed by a lot of smaller zombies, either standard zombies or armored zombies. Um, and this just gives you the ability to be able to keep shooting the zombie because as you dodge, the game still thinks you're technically reloading your, your round for the next shot. So you kind of use that blank time that you would do when you're reloading to dodge out the way. And it also breaks the AI uh, for the other zombies to grapple you as we've just stated Uh, it's very useful to use i tend to on the computer on the pc use my movement to the left because it's just easier for me to use uh, my um, ring finger to hold the a and then i'm using my uh, index finger to hit the c so i'm dodging and then if i run out of movement to the left um, i'll start actually going forward and backwards using my uh, middle finger Uh, and I can't you can't really you could try and do a right hand dodge but it's a lot more difficult you'd probably have to use your uh, index finger and then use your thumb instead of instead of space Um, so it is the ability to go back the other direction but for me I personally dodge to the left as much as I can then I'll dodge forwards and backwards and you'll dodge through zombies you'll see them turning up but also whilst you're doing that dodge as you dodge backwards sometimes you'll see those zombies who are trying to grapple you that are following you all the time and instead of shooting the jug. You can actually have them in the perfect line of sight to shoot them in the head, get them out of your way, and then you can carry on shooting the juggernaut as well. So it's it's a twofold. One, you're not getting grappled by the uh, by the zombies while you're shooting the juggernaut, whilst you're reloading. Uh, that's only not fully reloading magazine, this is just reloading one round. Um, and then also, you may have the ability to see the zombies that are chasing you, causing you a pain, and you can uh, shoot them, get rid of them and clear out. Uh, so you're not actually going to get grappled anytime soon.
0: Right, exactly. And the cool thing about that dodge and shoot maneuver is it kind of offers you a moment of clarity, where like in the example you gave of dodging backwards and seeing the zombies that were going to grapple you. Another example where it kind of gives you that same sort of feel is if you dodge out of the way, you're you know, trying to shoot a juggernaut, you might notice a bloater out of the corner of your eye. And then you know quickly train your shot on that bloater instead and then go back to the juggernaut so that dodge kind of offers you a moment of clarity where you can't get hit and you can kind of think of your next move while you're doing that
1: yeah very much so bloaters are a pain in the butt the whole time uh through solo because you haven't got someone there covering you while you're focused on the juggernaut and using that dodge if you do if a bloater does rush you you could have just timed that dodge perfectly to be out the di- the range of the uh the bloater smoke so you might actually get out of the way so keep doing keep shooting keep uh, dodging I predominantly only use that for juggernauts. Everything else, you can pretty much just sit in a in a single location and be able to take all the rest of the uh, zombies out. But juggernauts
0: definitely focus and um, shoot and dodge, especially when you're getting mobbed by all the other zombies. Absolutely. And if you are, you know, crazy enough like Mr. Dark to try the solo melee challenge, then the dodge is definitely effective for those bloaters too because you obviously can't shoot them. So you want to try and run up to them and then dodge out of the way. That way they fall. So... Yeah,
1: yeah. They're, they're sometimes, sometimes the dodge doesn't quite work, and you're you completely <laughs> right. inhale that horrible skanky
0: gas. Yes, which is never good. But <laughs> you got to try what you can, right? Exactly. But moving on, our next tip is to watch your stamina closely, and this is an important tip for solo, especially because in solo, like we keep saying, you don't have any multiplayer people to back you up. You don't have any teammates to back you up. It's just a couple of NPCs. And the stamina that you have, that's all the stamina for killing the zombies. So if you're fighting a bunch of zombies and you suddenly run out of stamina, then you're in a really bad spot. I mean, obviously, you can use snacks and stims, which you want to do, obviously, in that situation. But you want to try and avoid getting all the way drained on your stamina as much as possible, because the more you get all the way drained, the more you have to recover that stamina. And then all that time that you're recovering stamina, you're either getting hit by zombies or zombies are tearing down your walls.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Everything uses stamina. Climbing walls, striking zombies, doing flying strikes, dodging, running, sprinting. Sorry, not the running, but the sprinting uses up your stamina. And that is going to be your biggest problem with a solo run, is going to be your stamina at the very beginning. Now, don't get me wrong, you have got enough ammunition. The fact that you can stand on a spot and shoot all the zombies in the first couple of waves without even moving from a spot. However, in the later waves, you are going to need to dodge. Thankfully, in the later waves, you do get your stimulants, which are much greater usage than snacks. But at the very first few waves, one through three, uh, I would definitely say try and hold on to your snacks as much as possible. Don't do too many sprints. Um, Use your flying strike wisely. And um, when you have to recover your stamina, try and use the, the double crouch method rather than actually using a snack. If you need to use a snack... Only use it in extremis, which is when you have to dodge out of a way of um, being grappled and then use a snack and then get out of the way again. For me, it's a last resort. If I need to sprint, the only times I really sprint is to get across the... Let's say we go from wall one over by the Waffle House to wall five on the hotel side. That's the only time that I'll probably sprint across. If I'm having to go and grab a bloated so he doesn't get across the road or I have to get one of the zombies in the corner that the AI is not, not destroying. Um, other than that, try just jogging. Don't sprint. You don't need to sprint everywhere. The walls will hold up fine enough and your AI actually do do do
0: a pretty good job for you. Or if a wall goes down, you obviously might want to sprint in those situations too. But
1: yeah, I mean it's it's not when a wall goes down, this is the thing. A lot of people get stressed with the wall going down. I mean, I don't think we're gonna talk about this a little bit later, but with regards to walls, if a wall goes down, all you have to do is Rely on your for which you've already said about putting down inside. If you haven't got that, then just make sure you're defending your technician. Zombies will beeline for the technician. Now, the technician can take on one zombie himself alone. So if there's only one zombie coming, even if it's an armored zombie, you let him deal with it. okay? And you don't deal with him at all. You go and patch up the wall and deal, do whatever you need to. If there's multiple zombies coming, especially in wave five, where armored zombies swarm you, you need to get in there and you need to be flailing like you're fighting um, Mayweather. There is nothing. You just <laughs> exactly. need to keep going. There is, as if you've got blind luck going, you just need to swing that axe, swing that uh, mace. You need to do what you do need to do to defend the technician. But don't, foc- don't get so sucked into when a wall goes down. When a wall goes down, your AI is going to be there to help you. Use your explosives, keep the zombies away, and repair that wall don't stress it's not a big deal that a wall's gone down it's really easy to come back from it it's just a lot of people get so focused on oh, wall's gone down i've got to repair it no 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 it just means that you're narrowing the way that zombies can get into you and the, where the ai is going to be shooting if necessary just go and clear off all, or clear out all the other walls go and defend the technician then like repair the wall the ai is not as bad as you think yes they're not going to talk to you yes they're not going to necessarily shoot the zombies that you want them to shoot But they are going to, they have got a priority list, which is one, defend the technician, two, juggernauts, three, ferals, four, armored zombies, five, bloaters. That's what I've noticed. I don't know if it is the correct priority list as
0: it's been uh, programmed, but that's the priority list that I've seen for the AI. And which on that point, why is bloaters number five? Like, come on. I mean, (laughs) it's it's strange, isn't it? Yeah, no, (laughs) it is is a strange one.
1: I've only noticed that they they attack the bloaters. Um, It might be more based on a distance thing. Right. Um, as in the fact that the closer the zombie is to a uh to the technician unless it's a juggernaut or feral um they will shoot that one first of all and as bloaters are so slow moving they're usually at the back when you've got zombies against the wall that they won't get shot by the ai now when a bloater is spawned in and you've cleared out all the other zombies the ai will shoot the bloater we've seen that um so i I'm only making an assumption based off what I've seen. Right. Uh, and again, I think maybe the distance thing no, is I think the fairness way that has been yeah. designed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And what you say, too, is definitely true. I mean, like when a wall goes down, you don't need to instantly panic. I'm just saying that more so you don't want to go the other route either. You don't want to go, you know, far in the other direction where you know a wall's down oh well i have two ai back there they can handle it like you don't want to rely solely on your ai you want to make sure that they're in a good spot too because your ai isn't as good as you think but also as you say they're not as bad as you think either so your ai is not going to be as good as you are so don't expect them to be no exactly
1: it's all about intelligent gaming Uh, make sure you are aware of your surroundings make sure you're aware of how many zombies are inside and think about what your priorities are yes it's going to take a lot of forethought a lot of quick processing of all the information that's coming into you
0: but as long as you build up your situational awareness um you should have it all covered absolutely but our next tip is kind of along the same lines of the stamina one from before this one is to try not to sprint too much and instead shoot from a distance to conserve stamina so this is kind of right along the lines of what you were just talking about i mean you don't want to sprint you were saying that you only sprint from like wall one to wall five or something and this is right along those lines because if you can get a shot off instead of sprinting, you can save that stamina for using, you know, close combat melee and then you can take out the long distance zombies with a shot.
1: Oh, exactly. I mean, if I'm doing a gunning, if I'm doing a a solo run with a gun, I don't think I actually use my snacks at all. I will switch them out when stims come, but I don't think I will use them at all. If I'm doing a melee only run, that's the only time that I will be considering um saving my snacks and stimulants. Um, and as you say try not to sprint too much instead shoot them from distance because that salmon stamina is exactly right if you're going to melee zombies you're going to use your stamina so if you're say between walls 1 1 and 3 and you're meleeing everything over there there's no point going around the other side and meleeing them just sort of take a step out dodge around the corner and just line up every zombie that is on wall 4 and just shoot them all in a 1er if you can then just try and get the guys in the corner
0: on, way- on wall 5 over by the hotel it's a lot better to do it'll take a lot less time no absolutely and I just want to mention quick, too, with these tips, I mean, I'm not saying that, like, these are, you know, rules that we stand by every second we play, like, you know, this not sprinting rule, I even break it sometimes myself, because you get caught up in the moment, it's like, oh, yeah, let me kill these zombies, let me sprint over and kill them, and you're like, oh, wait, why am I sprinting, so it's not like, you know, we never break these rules either, so yeah, just keep that in mind, you know, that... These are tips that even Mr. Dart and I will sometimes go against just because it's hard to remember everything at the same time because you have so much going on at once that it's hard to remember everything at all at once. So yeah, the next tip we have is to focus on bloaters first and foremost. And this is something that sounds, you know, pretty obvious, but it's something that, you know, needs to be said anyways, because If a lot of bloaters explode around the walls, then it's going to prevent you from getting to those walls to get the zombies off of them. So it's very important that you try and shoot the bloaters before they hit the sidewalk, if possible.
1: Yeah, exactly that. There's two trains of of thought to this. Bloaters do cause you an issue. They push you back. The smoke takes up a lot of area, which can cause you, um, one, to get gas inhalation and cause damage to you. Uh, Two, it keeps you from killing off the zombies that are on the wall. Uh, or if there's a juggernaut there you can't get to him as well and um, do your assassination on him uh, and also three you can't see through it as well so if it's exploded, uh sort of exploded around wall one or wall two and you're actually down by wall, wall four or five when you're looking over there you can't actually see what zombies are down on wall one now yes you can use the minimap to help you out and try and take guesstimated shots uh, and get lucky however that's the uh, that's the problem that happens. Is it, you might not take those, sh- might not get those shots. You might waste ammo, um, and it may take your focus away from something else to to happen. So the first and foremost thing is to take the bloaters out. Um, they will push you back if you don't deal with them quick enough. However, on the flip side of this, you can use this to your advantage. Now, if the bloaters don't focus you, they don't get aggro by you, and they just walk towards the wall and explode at the wall. You can use this smoke. To your advantage, if you're getting overwhelmed, you can use either remote grenades or fire bombs in that vicinity to explode a lot of zombies. You can just throw the fire bomb; it will set fire to the bloat smoke, and then it will cause carnage and at least clear some of the zombies off that area. Yes, it probably will send some armored zombies on, set some armored zombies on fire. However, It will clear a lot of zombies out of the way and reduce your workload a little bit so there's two trains of thoughts there my personal one is keep them well away from the walls
0: yeah i would agree with that train of thought too because i know you listen to my previous podcast but the podcast i did about explosives i talked about how the fire is just not very useful to you and i mean the fire bombs i understand for getting rid of the bloater gas that's why that's the one i said you know you want to use sometimes maybe but in general fire and daybreak is just bad for the player because if you catch yourself on fire then it's really bad. You're going to knock yourself down, you're going to take damage from that, and you could actually die from that fire. Same goes for the technician. So, you know, you want to be cautious about where you use that fire. I mean, definitely don't throw a firebomb at the technician. That's not going to be helpful. (laughs) No, So So, yeah, just just be careful with it. But I mean, if you are in that train of thought to use, you know, the firebombs to get rid of the bloater gas or, you know, kind of clear the walls off a little bit, it's definitely okay to do that. Just Make sure you know, there's no one, human or technician, that's close enough that it's going to actually hurt. But in solo, it's probably a better use of it, because in solo, obviously, I'm not going to be throwing a firebomb and hitting Mr. Dart with it. I'm just going to be throwing a firebomb, and I'm probably not in the vicinity of the firebomb. So it's not as bad solo. No, exactly.
1: Um, the only part that it does cause you an issue, really, is if you're trying to repair a wall uh, and the blows actually hit the wall, you can't get close enough to the repair point.
0: Right, Exactly. But along the lines of those firebombs, I mean, our next point is actually to use explosives to help you clear hordes off the walls. So personally, I wouldn't use firebombs to do that. I would prefer to use like remote grenades to do that. But, you know, you can use firebombs to do that. But in general, if you know there's a big horde on the wall, then instead of sprinting all the way over there, sometimes it would be more advantageous to you to just throw a grenade over there and then blow it to clear that wall.
1: Yeah, um, this is a great example of what you could use through waves four and five when you start having to deal with all the plague zombies or the armored zombies and you're focused down on one set of walls and actually you haven't even thought about the other set at the other end of the map. Um, The only reason why I talk about firebombs is that you can pick them up from the clear drops. Uh, It's not one of the things I would take myself because I've already spoken about I would take the minefields every time however you have got the fire bombs available to you to clear out most of the zombies use that blow to smoke to as an explosive rather than anything um, and but yes the the remote grenades are probably the better ones to use i try and hold the remote grenades to use on the juggernauts so it doesn't i don't waste time if the juggernaut hasn't aggroed me if i haven't been able to get his attention away from the wall i tend to send two grenades into the, to the juggernaut blow that blow him up there which will also destroy a lot of the zombies that are around him um reduce my workload i put a couple of shots into him uh, and then he's already staggered to the ground and ready for an assassination um but yes the explosives are definitely useful for waves four and five i would try and hold on to them as long as possible only use them in extremis
0: right i agree and you can use something like the remote rocket pod too but i think you'd agree that the remote rocket pods you probably want to save for round six and seven if possible
1: yeah exactly you don't get them until between round, uh, after wave six uh, where you'll get um one I think you believe believe you only get one in the clear drops if you do take them as your explosive at the beginning you'll get three so you've got four in total and again like you just said there I would probably wait until later in late rounds I mean thinking about it after wave five you're still going to get your minefields that you can use from the clear drops so actually the rocket pods might actually be useful in waves five to clear out all the armored zombies at the very end but then again, you still—if
0: you did that—you wouldn't have the uh, last line of last line of defense through the minefields inside. Right, exactly. So that's kind of where you have to play with that and decide which one you want to use. Exactly. But moving on, our next tip actually has to do with armored zombies themselves. This tip is to execute armored zombies as often as possible. So especially in the early waves, that way they don't, you know, deal any damage to you. You want to just do a quick dodge behind the armored zombie, execute it and that will save you so much stamina instead of you know just mailing it to death and it'll also save you bullets too instead of trying to shoot them all the time i mean obviously they're far away from you then shoot them but if they're close by to you save your bullish do a quick dodge execute them and then move on
1: yes the armored zombies are the bane of your life when it comes to wave four five six seven they are just relentless they will come through you can shoot them as much as you want sometimes you'll get a headshot sometimes you won't get anything if you can Execute them, like you said. Do the finishing move. Assassinate them. Dodge behind them. Put a knife in the top of their head. Get rid of them. It's the quickest way to kill them. If you're unable to kill them, just like Marissa said last week, shoot them in the legs. Disable them. Put them on the ground and then go and assassinate them. Again, it's the quickest way. Um, Sometimes... You will see me. I won't necessarily do the assassinate because there's too many zombies around me. And if I dodge through them and try to do the assassinate or execution, I'll end up grabbing another zombie. So I'll just, in some instances, just be flailing point, yeah. flailing around with the battle axe, just trying to get rid of all the zombies that I can, switching back and forth, stunning the zombie. Because the armored zombie takes a couple of hit from a, from a melee attack, hit him twice, move to different zombie so um, try and move your move your left stick move your change your WASD to a different zombie and click um, and hopefully you'll try and uh, take on another zombie hopefully it'll be one without a helmet on and you'll be able to take at least trying to decapitate them with one shot and then go back to the armored zombie Um, that gives you a bit of benefit with the armored zombies it's just you do hit them twice you just stun them they stagger around for a little bit gives you a chance to go and deal with other zombies that are possibly swarming behind you but yes if they're on the wall execute them,
0: uh, get rid of them as soon as possible. Right. And as you mentioned earlier in the episode two, you know, wave five is when you have a ton of these armored zombies. So wave five is probably going to be the that wave that's hardest for you to execute these because there's just so many around. But I'd say, you know, waves one through four or wave six to seven, you can execute them a little more. Wave five, I mean, you kind of just have to, you know, power through it because there's so many of them, you can't execute them all because the execution move itself takes a little bit of time. So by the time you get done the execution move, there's always like three more on you.
1: Yeah, exactly. And as we stated earlier, Explosive are the way that you need to get through
0: that in waves five. Exactly. Agreed. But our next tip has to do with the NPCs themselves. We already talked about how you don't want to, you know, overestimate them, but you don't want to underestimate them either. And this tip is to just kind of play as though the NPCs don't exist. So don't expect help from them. Simply pretend they're not there and then be grateful for any help you get from them. So basically, you know, think of it as, okay, I'm playing this by myself. I have no help at all. And then if the NPCs suddenly shoot a bloater, go, oh, wow. Hey, thanks. I I wasn't expecting that. Just think of everything as if, okay, I have to do this myself. And then if you get help beyond that, that's great. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, I've I've
1: been playing today where I've been trying to shoot a zombie and they've just shot it before I even had a chance to. And it's been frustrating me. It's like, go and shoot another zombie that uh, I'm not aiming at. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, it all comes down to their their AI and, and their decision making. Um, the only thing is with the NPCs is that they will very rarely shoot zombies in the corner of walls one and wall five. You yes, really I must make sure you check both those walls because they will just leave them alone. Or they'll shoot in that general direction it just won't do any damage. But yes, play as if the NPCs aren't there. If the, if the though Saying that, if a wall does go down, they do hold their own. And if a juggernaut does turn up, there's been times where I've been focusing on the smaller zombies and they've actually made a juggernaut kneel and give me the chance to go and assassinate him, execute him um, before uh, I've had even a chance to send off a shot towards him. So they, they can hold their own sometimes. But as you said there, play as if they don't exist you're the only person there swing as if you're the last person alive make sure you <laughs> right. carry out those zombies
0: no it's definitely agreed that they can hold their own in situations i mean i actually have one situation i think it was like my second solo game ever where i actually died and the npcs actually held the waves for me and i actually got to respond because they held it for me so it, they can hold their own in some situations
1: yeah exactly
0: i will say um i don't know if you agree with this but For my taste, it seems like when I play duos, it seems the one NPC you get when you play duos, that NPC seems to be a lot better as far as AI goes than the two you get in solo. I don't know if you've noticed that.
1: No, that's not something I have noticed. Uh, I can say it just just adds
0: to firepower, that's all. It might just be something that, you know, felt weird to me, but in in my opinion, it, it seemed like the NPC that you play with when you play duos, that NPC seems to be you know, a little bit better of a teammate, I guess. You know, it seems like that NPC does a little bit better of a job, but it might just be how you feel in the moment because you have another human with you. So that might just be bias on my part.
1: Yeah, possibly, possibly. I think my personal opinion would be that you're thinking the game is easier because you've got two human players. Um, But you could be right. It'd be interesting to actually see the dynamics behind the programming of
0: no, definitely. I I would be interested to see that we probably won't get to, but (laughs) (laughs) But it'd be interesting, though. (laughs) But our next tip, though, is to only take what you need from drops. So this is definitely, you know, very different from when you play multiplayer in solo. Remember it's only you playing and you can hoard resources. You know, in multiplayer, you want to be a good teammate and not hoard everything. In solo, it's just you. Your NPCs don't need resources, so it's just you. Take all the wall kits you want. Take all the ammo you want. Take whatever you want and leave everything you don't want behind.
1: Yeah, exactly that. Um, You do not have to worry about ammunition. You do not have to worry about wall kits. You do not have to worry about um, other players stealing the stuff off you. It's just you. The NPC doesn't need it. You go out there. You grab the drops you want. Now, saying that, I will always try and set up the same way that I always do. Put a minefield inside drop off the wall, clip, wall kits just behind the walls. I'll put first aid kits either, either on either stanchion or on, or on either side but on the road so I'm able to grab them as soon as I can if I've used one up. When I go out to the clear drops, I will drop everything to clear out my inventory so I can go and pick up more and that just gives me the ability to have more than enough ammunition so I can shoot every single zombie. I don't have to end up meleeing a, a couple of zombies after wave 5 or, or halfway through wave 4 just to conserve some ammunition because I know I'm not going to get any between wave 4 and 5. But yeah, as it says there, if you can go and do a solo run and you can just go out there and just pick up the stuff that you need, make sure you have a stack of health, make sure you have a stack of stamina, make sure that you have uh, a stack of wall kits, especially after wave three, and make sure the rest of it is either explosives or ammunition. Other than that, waves one and two, you don't really need to carry wall kits. You don't really need to carry uh, explosives. You can get through waves one and two without any of that. Um, After that, make sure that you realize and learn what you're going to get from the different waves such as after wave five you're going to end up getting deplorable minefields so you need to make sure you have space for that after wave four you're going to end up getting stimulants so after wave three you're going to end up getting stimulants so make sure you switch out your snacks for stimulants because they're better for you yeah it's all about intelligent playthrough but with regards to the drops you don't have to worry you're the only one there you can take as many resources as you want you don't have to hoard them and if you're going to use a clear weapon make sure you don't take any of the uh shotgun or seven point six two because it's just a waste of space.
0: Right. And one other thing I'll note too is the Clio ammo, if you are using Clio weapon, you know, don't be so concerned with grabbing Clio ammo because remember these drops are set up for up to four player games. So there's way more Clio ammo than you ever need. Like all the Clio ammo you get, you're never going to use all that. So you know you don't have to be that concerned with take Clio ammo.
1: Exactly. And that's something that I would like to see undead labs do in the future is the possibility of actually reducing the number of drops or reducing the percentage of ammunition in each crate dependent upon the number of players that are in the game so say you had four players you get 32 two sets of 32 lots of cleo um let's say in one player or two player game you only get 16 it's an interesting concept it would definitely make you think about oh i can't use Clio ammo for the entire game
0: that is true i, I like that um I would think they'd have to reduce the contents in the drops instead of the drops themselves because there is that one achievement where you have to get the 25 drops. So I don't think they can reduce the drops themselves. But but yeah, definitely a good tip. Um, Hopefully, you know, they do that in the future because that would make it a little bit um, more fair, I would think, because there's an overabundance of ammo that you don't need in solo. So you never have to worry about ammo, which in the multiplayer game, like if you're playing four player, we both know that in four player, you really have to worry about ammo because everyone's using it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think if they did did implement that idea, then you see a lot
0: more people trying melee soloing. Yeah, which is definitely <laughs> fun to try. <laughs> I, I did try it once. I didn't get that far up, but I got to wave five, I think. So it's not a bad start. It's not bad going as well. Not bad going as well. <laughs> but um, our next tip, which is something that you kind of mentioned with uh, dropping things in areas you need. You want to make sure all your resources are either on your person or easily accessible near you like on the ground the catwalks or something like that you definitely don't want to be putting any resources in those boxes out back because those boxes out back are way away from the action and it's going to take you way too much time to run back to them so make sure especially when you're playing solo you have you know your resources okay here's my pile of bandages here's my pile of ammo you'll have little piles in certain areas that you know where they are that way you know okay if i need this i run to here
1: yeah again this is this is a great point because i have ocd with regards to cleanliness and actually keeping things in a certain order however we have a friend who has some serious ocd and he has to make sure every single item goes back into the box This is an issue, especially in this game. I'm more, I'm realistic. Okay. You don't have to put all the items back in the box. You need them to have them on hand where they are going to be resourceful, where you're going to be able to grab them quickly. Um, And instead of when you. We've discussed in the multiplayer earlier today when we were playing, is like we would, we would drop in items on the floor for each other. It's like we don't need to run back to the boxes to drop everything off. Um, we can just let you drop on the floor, pick it up, and it's gone. Or you just put it in a little area that you use it for. Now, you'll see that, see again, when I'm playing solo, I would do exactly that. I have the wall kits um, dropped behind the wall, ready to go. I have the um, first aids uh, put on either the stanchions either side or put on the ground either side, but in line with the stanchions on the main road. If I have uh, extra deployable my field, it will go in the middle at the front on the road, so I can deploy it uh, quickly later on. However, it does start to go a bit downhill for myself when later on I kind of be I'm I'm ditching everything out of my inventory, so I've got room, so I can go and get all the clear drops. But then I come back, I pick everything up, and I can tell the difference between ammunition, remote grenades, snacks, and. Um, and the likes and first aid kits because of the color of the bags so sometimes it's better to put them in colors sometimes it's better just to drop all to the ground it's a preference up to you but it's got to be on hand and you don't want to be climbing over the wall and running back to the boxes because that's just a long long time period that you're wasting when you could actually be either repairing the walls
0: you could be healing technician or you could be just getting yourself ready for the next wave right and one thing i mentioned a bonus tip in the multiplayer podcast we did if someone did like say yourself you know you died outside the walls you can actually use your dead body as a box and you can use that box to store stuff in. So that might be a better way. If you like to, you know, use the boxes still, you can just use your dead body and keep one thing in there at all times and use that as your storage box. That's actually a very good um, tip. I haven't actually thought about that at all. However, We all don't want to die. We want a flawless victory. Exactly. But, I mean, (laughs) if you did happen to die, like, this is more of a multiplayer tip, which is why we said it there. I mean, in solo, it's not really as useful. But if you have a dead body bag, like, right in front of the center wall, I mean, you might as well put some stuff in there. And it's a lot easier to store things that way. But Mm, Definitely. definitely. It's kind of a, you know, situation. If it happens, okay, great. But if it doesn't, then you definitely don't want to die. So, yeah, exactly that. But, yeah, our next tip, though, we have is be patient with mastering the solo run. It takes some practice. So, you know, this is definitely something that I'm learning myself. I mean, I haven't technically done it as the recording of this podcast yet. I mean, I have like the whole weekend off. So I think by the end of the weekend, I'll probably knock it out. But, you know, as of this recording, I haven't done it myself yet. So definitely be patient with it. And it's something that unlike multiplayer, where you can kind of bounce off your teammates and, you know, work together you're all on your own so it really takes some practice to master that
1: yeah very much so i mean you have got the the hardcore players like swiss army knife that were brought up in under lab stream who completed a solo run within 40 minutes of the game being released Um, (laughs) crazy how true that is because a wave takes 45 minutes i don't know but um i still believe that that guy was able to complete the game in a record amount of time because he is a phenomenal player however For those who aren't up to that level of standard uh, with regards to first-person shooting, yes, take your time, practice, practice, practice. Even when you go to the top streamers and you have a lot of people asking, going, how do I get better at this game? How do I get better at this game? How do I shoot people? They don't turn around and say, you're not aiming for wins. You're not aiming to win the game. You're aiming to practice killing other players. And this is exactly the same with this game. You're aiming to practice killing zombies in the quickest possible way. And if that means you have to do waves one through three over and over and over again, yes, it's going to get tedious. But guess what? You're going to get better. You're going to get better at aiming for their heads. You're going to get better aiming at their weak spots. You're going to get better at kneecapping armored zombies when they're halfway across the map as they're running past you. You're also going to unlock better weapons as well. So you just need to keep practicing. Think about your think about your flying strikes. Think about your assassinations. Think about reducing your stamina. Think about what you can do with your explosives. There's so many different things. And that's even before you're thinking about situational awareness with the likes of a map or realizing when clear drops are coming down. What are in the clear drops? What um, ferals are turning up that wave? What juggernauts are turning up that wave? Thankfully, I, I've played it so many times that I pretty much know what's going to be turning up next so I can plan for that action to happen. And when you've played the game enough you'll also be able to master the solo run by knowing exactly what's coming up how many rounds you've got in your magazine whether you need to reload whether you need to chuck a grenade across the other side whether you need to jump inside and actually do some um, healing of the technician if you've got time or repair a wall because sometimes you do have that in the middle of a wave you've got time to jump inside and actually repair a wall before you have to get back outside and deal with the rest of the zombies it just takes practice and practice only comes from being patient with the game the game can be frustrating. I've got so wound up so many times when either that I've had a game freeze or whether that I've I've actually lost um, a daybreak because I've been stupid and haven't actually followed my own rules. But you just need to be patient and you'll soon master it, you'll soon get through. And Blaze is just one, a perfect example as well. He hasn't got the solo run yet, but he's got to wave seven and he knows where his little mistake was or he knows where he lacked um, uh, the efficiency
0: that he required. And he's gonna go back. He's gonna master it and you're gonna get it. Agreed. And I will get it eventually. You know, it's just gonna take me some more tries, but I will get there. And that's you know, one great thing that you mentioned too is like say you, you keep getting to wave five and you keep dying on wave five. Don't think of it as oh, all I can do is wave five. I can't, you know, ever get past wave five. Think of it in the sense that, you know, the more times you get back to wave five, think of how easy it was for you to get back to wave five. So if you can just clear wave five. Think about how easy it's going to be for you next time to clear wave five. So think of it that way. Definitely, definitely. And as I said, as you unlock more
1: items, the game does get easier, especially when you get the blast rifle and then when you get the remote mines. Agreed. So,
0: you know, definitely be patient with the solo run. I mean, as you said, be patient with the game in general. I mean, it does take some time to learn, you know, multiplayer as well or the base game as well. But if you're playing solo daybreak, I would say it takes even more patience just because it's something that is harder to master you know first try than the base game or multiplayer daybreak i would say yeah i would agree with that but we do have one more tip tip number 15 is actually one that mr dark came up with himself so i'm gonna let him talk about this one but this one is plan wisely between waves so you want to tell people what you mean about that yeah so the good the the best part of
1: daybreak here is uh, the good defense is your best offense Now if you have a wall that is damaged if you have a wall that is gone it's going to be your weak point and the zombies are going to fly through it and go after your technician. So between waves as soon as your wave is done even if you've got the timer down in the green and you've got 15 seconds left to go get over the wall repair those walls immediately heal the technician get those that is your defense you need the walls up you need the technician healed do that before you go out for any of the clear drops because you usually have more than enough time to actually go out and get the clear drops on your own in a solo wave. It's only when you're actually going over your wave time when you're dealing with the last juggernaut that you're really going to struggle to get out for the clear drops and to be honest you can probably pass the additional waves even though it would be more difficult but you'll be able to pass them without getting some of the clear drops. The most important thing is having those walls up They will give you time and time is money in Daybreak. It really is. If you don't have those walls up, the zombies are going to fly through. They're going to get at your technician. And if you're trying to defend your one technician, your tiny person against a flood of 15, 20 zombies, it's a lot more difficult than just trying to defend against 15, 20 zombies that are spread over a wall, literally not moving. Right. That's
0: exactly right. And that goes back to what I said earlier, you know, one of those runs that, I tried solo, and I went to either Wave 6 or 7. I got to Wave 7, and I had, like, two walls down already, and I had no wall kits or parrots. So I'm like, well, you know, I kind of best manage my wall kits here. So this is not going to go well having Wave 7 start with two walls down already.
1: (laughs) Yeah exactly exactly i mean there is advantages to having a wall down because you can funnel the zombies through the some of the zombies will the ai will track them through the wall and i mean that is a great military tactic in the first place is funneling um but unfortunately yeah the ai is not that clever they will just go towards another wall and they will destroy another wall uh if they didn't then it would make the game so easy because you'd literally sit back and just wait for them to come through the same gap in the gap in the wall the whole time um but yeah if a wall is down don't stress just clear out the rest of the zombies and then as soon as the wave is over get over into the into the um, inside and repair those walls immediately as many as you can uh, start with the ones that are missing then go for the ones that are red then go for the ones that are orange um, if you haven't got enough wall repair kits at least get a wall there of some kind go out to the clear drops pick up the rest of the wall kits and then repair the rest of them um, if you don't have the chance to repair all of them before the next wave starts worry don't 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 stress out clear off the zombies there'll be a little gap between
0: sort of the mini waves within the waves that you might be able to jump back over the wall and do a quick repair absolutely and just a quick thing which i don't know if you've seen this i'm sure you have but it's funny you mentioned that the ai doesn't you know do what you want it to do in terms of the zombies because you want to kind of funnel them through that one wall i've had juggernauts come inside the walls and then turn around and start hitting another wall i'm like are you serious like why are you doing this to me
1: <laughs> no i haven't actually seen that at all yeah um that's quite a funny one i mean that, that's that's good because at least he's not going towards the technician that's all i can say
0: but i'm like well, why are you doing this so, like he comes in the down wall he turns around and starts hitting another wall and still up I'm like oh my god <laughs> It only happened to me once or twice, and I'm like, I can't believe this is happening right now. He's like, he wants to take down all my walls.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, know, he knows the plan, doesn't he? Take down as many walls, you haven't got that many repair kits.
0: <laughs> exactly. He's like, all my friends must come through. <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. But but yeah, as you said, you know, definitely make sure those walls are a priority. And uh, I think you mentioned this too, but make sure healing that technician is a priority too. Because obviously, if your technician dies, you lose the game. I mean... yes. If a wall is down, you don't technically lose the game right away. So, your technician is your number one priority.
1: Oh, yes, most definitely.
0: Which I I will say, I I have mentioned to devs before too, it is kind of frustrating with that technician sometimes. Like, you go to heal him and you bump him every so slightly. He gets knocked off his computer. He has to reset his computer. So, I hope they fix that in the future where you can actually heal the technician more, you know, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but a little bit easier where it's you know more intuitive to heal him because if you're healing yourself you can heal yourself whenever you want if there's zombies you know nearby you can heal yourself real quick as long as there's no zombies on you you can heal yourself and that's what i think should be the same thing with the technician because the technician is another person so i think you should be able to heal him when there's no zombies on him
1: but remember he's working with very intricate and delicate machinery he can't be pushed <laughs> around too much so i think it's a really good concept in the fact that he can't be moved he's got to be stood in one place
0: exceptionally still so you can put a bandage on him <laughs> <laughs> i mean for my taste like i definitely get it if he's like you know a couple feet away from his station but yeah all yeah. i really want is like if he's next to his station like if he's literally right next to the station you should be able to heal him like i understand you know if he's yeah. a little bit away from there but if he's right next to him, i mean come on like i shouldn't have to wait for him to st- sit sit as computer before he actually gets healed <laughs> no i agree with you i would agree with you definitely yeah it's just very frustrating sometimes when you lose because I'm like, I, I want to heal you, I want to heal you, please, you know, type away at the computer, please type on your computer. I want to heal you.
1: <laughs> I've had it I've had him once hidden in the corner. I was like, dude, your computer's over here. I can't do anything yeah. with you stood and sulking in the corner, man. Get <laughs> exactly. your ass back over to that computer.
0: <laughs> exactly. They really got to pay that guy less. Honestly, like we do yeah, all the work for him. You know, he just types away at a computer all day. <laughs>
1: Oh, well, that's the point that's the whole thing about being in the military and being a contractor isn't it underpaid overworked
0: <laughs> exactly <laughs> but yeah that's all the tips we have unless you have any you know last minute tips you want to give but that's all the ones i have for today
1: no uh, i think we've covered covered pretty much everything for a solo run through um there's minor minor modifications for a melee run through uh, i have tried to put them in there But other than that, pretty much covered them all. Thank you.
0: Yeah, and thank you for coming on. You know, I think this is a great episode. I think, you know, people get a lot of value from this. They want to try a solo run. So thank you very much for coming on.
1: No, thank you. It's been, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I look forward to the rest of your podcast and uh, doing some more daybreak with you.
0: Yeah, me too. It's definitely a lot of fun. And, you know, hopefully we can keep our undefeated streak with Mara running as well. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. But if people want to find you, where can they find you or get a hold of you?
1: Uh, i'm on all social media um obviously i'm a twitch streamer first and foremost so if you want to find me i'm on twitch.tv forward slash mr darts broadcast um if you want to find me on instagram or on facebook again it's mr darts broadcast is the uh the page that you can go to if you want to find me on twitter then it's mr dart broadcast because i only have 15 characters that's also my gamer tag if you want to add me it's mr dart without the s broadcast Um, and then finally i do have a discord as well which uh, i might ask blaze to put into the uh, podcast details and you can come and join me on there and uh, i'll talk you through anything from streaming real life if you just want to come and have a sulk you're more than welcome to if you want to come and uh, just have a chat and a chill with a bunch of group uh, a bunch of brilliant people then you're more welcome to as well we'll talk about state of decay we'll talk about anything you want to do it's just a community of people who have a very similar interest Um, But yes, all social medias and Discord, that's
0: where you can find me. Absolutely. I'll definitely put the Discord link and your Twitch link in the show notes. People can find that there. And for me, if you want to get a hold of me, you can either get a hold of me on Twitter or my gamertag, which is the same thing. That will be Blaze Experience, which will be capital B-L-A-I-S-C, capital X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C. You can also email me, theblazeexperience at gmail.com. And I will also have my uh, discord link in the show notes. If you want to get in touch with me on discord, you can feel free to do so. So there's a couple ways you can get a hold of me. If you want to find the podcast, you're probably already listened to it. So you found it some way. But if you want to find a different way, there's different ways like ACAST, Blueberry, Podbean, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and many other directories. So just, you know, search those directories. I know Stitcher is one that like people a lot. So If you want to search on Stitcher, we're on Stitcher as well. But search any of those directories and we'll be there. And just quickly to re-mention a couple of the notes, our next stream will be Tuesday 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll be streaming some more State of Decay. And the next podcast will be on Wednesday. That will be on the new Sea of Thieves DLC, Forsaken Shores. So those are the next uh, podcasts and streams coming up. But thank you again, Mr. Dart, for coming on. I really appreciate it. And it was a lot of fun to talk to you today no thank you for inviting me and thank you to the listeners for listening we really appreciate you listening and definitely go check out mr dart on twitch and also check out a stream with undead labs it was a really great stream and i think you'd enjoy that stream as well thank you for listening to the blaze experience